Hi guys, it's Josh Rubin here in New York with Douglas Elliman with our latest edition of the Rubin Special, joined by my good friend Jill Biggs of Hoboken and Jersey City at Coldwell Banker. Jill, thanks so much for joining us. Hey Josh, how's it going? It's going good. How's it going with you guys? It's going well. It's going better for me than my poor dog. I gave him a uh, haircut myself, so he doesn't he doesn't really look so good. If real estate doesn't work out, I, I probably shouldn't cut your hair. Well, definitely keep that in mind, Jill. And I think it's always good to uh, try your hand on your dog before you try it on yourself or a loved one. Yeah, my loved ones would avoid me like the plague after his haircut, so. <laughs> that's that's hilarious, Jill. So, um, you know, you're you're there in the house. Uh, you have four daughters, and uh, I know it's a uh, it's a busy household, but uh, you've held it together over the last eight weeks or so through the stay at home period with the pandemic that's outside. Obviously, Hoboken and, and uh, Jersey City is super close to uh, to New York City. A lot of people call it the fifth borough. Uh, what can you tell about uh, what can you tell us about your experience over the last couple of weeks? Um, well, so yeah, I'm in my house, got all of my kids, uh, three dogs. It's been uh, somewhat chaotic. The first week I uh, laid on the floor and, um, and, and had panic attacks and then I was forced <laughs> to pull it together. But uh, I gotta say that I made myself a schedule and um, which which is keeping my team together. We, we have morning and evening Zoom calls. And if anything, it has helped us to bond, I would say. And then I've just had a schedule for myself. I'm, I'm working. Most of it is uh, I'm heavily into therapizing my clients who, uh, who like me to talk them off the ledge. Um, you know, good news is, is this last week for us, we've seen some people starting to step out again. Um, prior to that, really, it was just having conversations and trying to figure out how to get my properties out there from inside my house. Huh. So that's interesting. So so you're actually getting listings uh, w from people without actually meeting them in person. Mm. You know, interestingly enough, um, and probably something to be learned from this entire experience, you can actually take a listing with, uh, with the help of your sellers by, you know, going Facebook into their house or, or a Zoom call and having them walk you through the property. It's almost like being there. And because you're face to face and it's not just a voice on the phone, they can see you. And it, you know, and you're able to share screen and show marketing materials, and it's helped my listings. And I think that, you know, I, I hear a lot of a lot of chatter from other agents about not launching their listings during this because what's the point? But I gotta tell you, that has not been, you know, my experience. I've been putting my listings live because you're, you know, you can't be a secret listing. And I'm getting traffic because internet traffic is up. And so when things started to, uh, to normalize a bit and people began stepping out again, I had a queue of, of ready buyers um, that were real that had been waiting to get into my properties. And I think that that's helped. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so you can't be a secret listing, but you also can't be a secret agent is what I'm hearing from you. 
Definitely. Secret, secret agents don't work. And I, and I think you're going to see uh, as, as this, you know, trends downward and people start to come out or start to list their homes, that they're going to be partnering with agents that are still marketing. So if you're not marketing and you're not getting your, your properties out there, you're going to, you're going to disappear. I think that that's really important now is to, is to have a plan as to how to get in front of buyers. Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, we, we definitely need to do more reach out. There are a lot of people who are still sort of proverbially, uh, you know, hiding under the covers and we need to remind them that life is going to go on and it's probably going to happen sooner than we realize. Uh, so it's important that we get out there and we're in front of, you know, the, the prospective buyers that are out there because a lot of people are looking online. I would say now more than ever, people have the time. Uh, and and they're figuring out what's what's not exactly ideal uh, for their current living situation and what they want to change. So they're looking online in such a way that they can find what they're looking for and be ready to pounce once it comes up. I, I would agree with that. I, I also think that uh, technology being what it is, that I am getting these 3D video tours up and out there. I had three virtual open houses this weekend, which amazingly enough had decent traffic. Um, actually, the first one that I launched, I got two appointments out of it. And wow. you're getting people, right? They're willing to walk through the property with a 3D tour. You can stop and you can um, talk about the property, answer questions. And then since the person has been through the property, prior to ever taking them them through right you want to be super careful so as not to as to limit traffic right i don't want to take you through somebody's prop property and and put you in a vulnerable position right unless you've first seen the property unless you're financially qualified um and that has is limiting right the buyers that are out there and the, the appointments that you're getting are real. These people are, you know, are qualified and they have been vetted to the point where you can make an appointment and then you're going to set it up with your seller. At least I have been, whereas I'm on the market for a couple weeks prior to, and then I ask them to please go away for the weekend so I can safely set up these, these appointments and bring real live buyers through the property. Huh? Well, that's interesting because you know you're 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 enabling people to virtually walk through the property in some detail. You're making sure that they're qualified, and so you're essentially playing matchmaker and enabling the 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 prospective buyer to see the prospective property. And so the two of them know that the buyer is qualified. The buyer is interested in the property enough to you know take it to the next step. So it's almost like dating in such a way that you get to know the person before you ever have a chance to meet them in person. You know, I gotta say that that's the one upside to this. You know, realtors, we're frequently tour guides because people have their weekend to fill and how nice is it to go out and look at your neighbor's stuff. So that's not happening now. I'm not dragging people through a building and I'm not taking out anyone unless they've gone through the whole process and gotten to the point where, you know, everybody feels comfortable. I, I think that I'm going to continue to do that 
uh, I've learned from this. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, last week when we were speaking to uh, our friends, Randall and Eric up in Boston, uh, they were telling us what they're doing as far as the video and virtual tours are concerned. And they're not just showing the pretty, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like using that, that dating metaphor where everybody is putting their best foot forward. But what they're doing is they're showing people, you know, the, the underbelly of the house, you know, the foundation, the basement, the systems, the boiler, the hot water heater, the electric panel, the attic. So that, you know, they, they've really seen it. They've gotten into the nooks and the crannies before they even set foot in the house. I know your business is, uh, you know, somewhat split as compared to theirs, but you know, you're, you're selling a lot of condos like we are in the city, but you're also selling some houses. Have you had any experiences with uh, prospective buyers where you're, you know, showing them the, the systems of the house, the water heater, boiler, et cetera? Well, so you know what? It's interesting, right? I, Randall and Eric, are they sell a lot of houses. Um, hold on one second, because I told you I'm in this house with my four kids and all these damn dogs. One second. Absolutely. Right, the dog. The dog. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to Jill Biggs' family. This you is just how, Jill, how yeah. Jill rolls. Yeah, it's it's just all too much. Um, but what I was saying is, is that because Randall and Eric are selling houses, I think that their 3D tours are probably a little more extensive. I don't have too much underbelly with a condo, but I will say that the, the 3D tours, you can see all of the negatives, you know, you're able to, to actually, it's not like pictures where we all have fabulous cameras in Photoshop. This is real and you're gonna look if the if the cabinets are tired and the bathroom's grout doesn't look so good if all those things are are present you're seeing them in the tour and much better let's just lay it out there so that the buyer knows what they're getting into before they are you know putting themselves you know out there and exposing themselves to you know whatever and not staying in the safety of their home they already know what they're getting so I, it, it adds another layer of, you know, of reality to the situation. Yeah. So Jill, over the last few weeks, uh, I know we've, we've both gone through, gone through this sort of arc. Um, a lot of it has been, you know, together and that you and I are friends and we're in touch on a regular basis. Um, but I know that you've actually seen a little bit of an uptick in activity over the last uh, couple of weeks. So can you, can you tell us what that's been like? Well, well, somewhat like you, right? Because I, I'm, a, I don't know, a half a mile from the Empire State Building and a majority of my client base works in the city. So we've, you know, because it's so impactful here and it's so in your face um, and I'm about to just lose my train of thought, um, we've had nothing. So we had an eight week period of time where nobody nobody looked at anything and everyone stayed in their house. All of a sudden, uh, about a week ago, when they started opening up a little bit, people, a few people, right? So not everybody started coming outside. We started to get appointments again. And this past weekend, we had, we had a lot of appointments. We had a lot of appointments. I've actually gotten several offers on my properties and I've put in several offers and you know I'm gonna one second while I yeah take take all all of your animals with you thank you 
sorry about that. Um, it's a real menagerie in the uh, Jill Biggs um, household. You know what it's like to try to work? Like every call I have is like some some fiasco. I think people think that I run a kennel, right? And um, it's been it's definitely been interesting because I am not a work from home type of person. I go to work every day, and I you know this has definitely been strange for me. I actually brought home my standing desk. You can see behind me, and I've taken my favorite room and. Uh, and made it into my office. So even though I can't keep the kids and the dogs out, and it's a constant going back and forth, I'm still functioning. And um, I'm not wearing my pajamas. I'm getting up every day. And um, I'm trying to uh, pretend that I'm in my office. So I have no idea what we were talking about a minute ago. But uh, you know, it's, re it's remarkable, Jill, because uh, I remember I was uh, doing an open house a number of years ago. This is probably 15 years ago. And it was a, a duplex in Chelsea. It was a pretty nice three bedroom at the time. I want to say it was a million three today. It would probably be $2.2 million. It was a no pet building. However, I didn't advertise it as a no pet building because a lot of people want to get a pet, even though they may never get a pet, they want the optionality and they may not want to buy into a no pet building. Even if they don't want to get a pet, they don't want to have to sell to somebody who doesn't have a pet. So in any case, I'm there at the open house and uh, this couple walks in. And you know, here's little Flopsy on a leash. So they come in with their dog, and I say, "Hi guys, welcome. I'm Josh, and you know, I'm sorry to tell you, but this is this is a no pet building." And they said, "Oh, that's okay. We're just here to look for a friend anyway. It was a Sunday open house, so you're going to get some of those looky loos, and maybe not someone who's necessarily going to buy. But you know, I kind of wanted them to not look at the apartment, but." There was nothing I could do. They were already standing in the living room. There were a couple of other parties there for the open house. And it wasn't like I could tell them that they had to leave. I mean, you know, fine, look around. Who am I to say? So one thing leads to another. And I'm in the living room. And there are steps that lead upstairs. And they do sort of a 180 mid-run up to the second floor. And I'm in the living room talking to a, a couple who ultimately ended up buying the place. And then I hear the other couple with with little Flopsy on a leash on their way down the stairs. And you hear them starting to, you know, step down the stairs. Next thing you know, the woman with the leash and the dog ends up catching the heel of her boot at the top step. Face plants down the whole run of stairs. In the middle of the open house. And she's laying there half on the stairs, half on the floor. And she's clearly in some pain. And, you know, she's totally shocked at what happens. And the apartment is set up in such a way that you open the door and it opens and you walk right past the bottom of the stairs and she's not getting up and everybody's in shock over what just happened. And people are opening the door to get into the open house and they're stepping over the woman and saying, hi, I'm here for the open house. And they're, they're stepping over a woman with a dog on a leash and they're like, what am I? What am I walking into? What is happening here? No one can quite understand what's going on. It was uh, it was quite a scene. So you know, these are the things that happen with pets in real estate. You know, you know, uh, yeah. It 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 definitely amazes me. I've had a whole bunch of open houses where people come uh, with with their pet and want to bring them in, and you know, my rule is if you can't carry them. They got to hang outside because uh, 
you know, plenty of people like I'm a huge animal lover, but there's tons of people with allergies or germ phobia or that just flat out don't like your pet and want them in their house or God forbid you bring your dog in and they have a secret cat. So, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So, so Jill, I know we were talking a little bit about the uptick in activity and you're seeing people start to come out and Hoboken and Jersey City are starting to open. Obviously with the nicer weather, we're seeing people hanging out in parks and you know, coming outdoors, whereas, you know, in the earlier stages of the uh, stay-at-home order, it was kind of like rainy and cold. I know this past Saturday, uh, we uh, we had a little bit of snow in the New York metro area, which was kind of nuts. Snow in May, who knew? Uh, you'd think that we were uh, living in the Himalayas. Uh, but, you know, as things, as things warm up here, uh, you know, we're likely to see a renewed interest in, uh, in housing. People's nesting instincts are, are kicking into overdrive now. Um, you know, there's this sort of tug of war, right? We're, we're seeing people who think that, you know, uh, I mean, there was a report on Friday on CNBC. Two clients of mine sent this to me where they had Robert Frank, their uh, quote unquote high net worth correspondent, chime in on uh, New York City real estate. And Robert said in this report that only one property north of $4 million uh, he, he wasn't clear on whether it closed or uh, went to contract, but only one property in the last week over $4 million, or his words, and uh, that there have been uh, these sort of discounts on things that were already in contract in Manhattan uh, that in order to close, the buyers came back to the sellers and say, hey, Mr. Seller, I'm happy to close, but I want a, 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 a sort of COVID discount. And right. those discounts have ranged between 5 and 10%. And uh, Frank went on to say that uh, most brokers are forecasting a further softening in prices of 20% in New York. And so what are your thoughts on that? Well, I should first say that uh, we're hoping that for people that want to leave New York, that we're your suburb. And we're having a, a similar thing here. The number one request that I'm getting from buyers currently is outdoor space. And if you can't have outdoor space, you would like some sort of crazy view, but mostly outdoor space. I think the properties that we have that have good outdoor space are still going to trade. And right now, I'll tell you like that, that property that I showed several times this weekend, which actually has a backyard and is fairly rare. We don't have that many backyards. I'm going to have a bidding war with multiple offers. These people will probably get over asking. And I, I think like New York, your price points are a little bit different. We still have our high end, but prices here range uh, from 300,000 to 5 million. And that's a that's a pretty broad range. I'm I'm sure New York has a big range as well. I think that our our six to eight hundred thousand dollar market is probably going to continue trading. Right, the the thirty something people right now are the people I see coming out and buying. For people that want to stay here, they they want more space and they want that outdoor space. The the biggest thing that I'm seeing though is 
people with children, right? If they can't get outdoor space, they have concerns and they're worried, right? If, if we're out for a while, if we have to go be, back inside and they've been trapped in their house with their children, perhaps they should go somewhere where they're not quite so attached. So, I, you know, listen, the good thing for us, I, I don't know how it is for you in New York, but my market every three and a half to five years, I typically get back the same buyer looking to either trade up to they're going to relocate for their job and go elsewhere. But we have a constant turnover. And I got to think that no matter what happens, long run, this will shake out like this too shall pass. We're going to have a hiccup, right? We're having the same thing. The deals that I had that fell apart when this first happened, um, those properties, some of the sellers had to take a haircut. And when those close, you're going to see some impact to, to pricing. There's no way around that. I think if you're, you know, at least what I'm saying, if you're planning to sell, right, better to probably do it now while there's very low inventory, because that's the other thing. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but at this point, we have very little to buy. There have been so many realtors that have just been not not getting dressed and not taking listings, that um, that our inventory is at an all-time low. Low inventory, low interest rates means people are going to come out and they're going to buy. And, you know, in a few months, if we have a little bit of a reset, the, the, the lucky thing, at least for me and in my market, is even when we crashed, we were off by maybe 15% in Hoboken and downtown Jersey City. The surrounding areas took a much bigger hit. But so I'm sorry, Jill. Just I, I I wanted to be able to sort of bracket that for yeah. our viewers. When you when you start talking about things softening, when you were off, you said 15 percent. So that was that was before yeah, stay at home orders. Oh seven and 08, right? When we okay. right when everybody like took a hit. Hoboken and Jersey City. You got to understand, like we're incredibly close to you. However, yep. we didn't have an overbuild like you guys did. We have limited space. There's only so much that you can build. So we never get quite as impacted and we don't have shadow inventory. That doesn't, that, it isn't really here. So Jersey City has almost nothing to buy whatsoever because they have lots of, of, of lots that are going to be built on eventually. But we don't have that much inventory. So I think that we're we're gonna be fairly solid. You guys, to to my understanding, have a lot more new construction, a lot of buildings that maybe are impactful. And depending on, on whether those developers, right, are gonna readjust their prices and what that looks like, I guess we're gonna see how it plays out. I'm hopeful my market, because it's so small is uh is gonna hold its ground um and you know and eventually listen we're we're new york city we're right by new york no matter what things will return it's a fabulous city and you know and this is going to shake out they're going to get some sort of you know vaccination and they're going to have testing and i've been reading about all these different things with taking your temperature when you walk through and however that's going to work out i'm sure we're going to figure it out and and life is going to go back to normal jill here's the reality 
When I got the news of the CNBC report the other day, I said, that doesn't sound right to me. So the, the first thing that I did is rather than debating it with my client, mm -hmm. I just said, you know, that's really interesting. Let me just check our records and see what we're showing for the last week. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the last week and I saw that there had been four things that had gone to contract uh, in the prior week, mm -hmm. over $4 million. And there had been 54 co-ops or condos that had sold north of $4 million since April 1st, 54 closings. Oh. Uh, the, high, the high level was over $60 million for those that, that uh, follow me on Facebook. I had actually posted this the week before uh, of the top five closings in April. And that was at uh, 220 Central Park South for more than $60 million. And so what I'm seeing is that for the market to be where it is, for the stay at home order to be in place, and for uh, things to be on a proverbial sort of lockdown, for there to have been this much activity is really, it's, it's a blessing. And I'm talking to our friends around the country, whether it be further out in the Hamptons with Patrick McLaughlin, uh, John David Lennard and his sister uh, Danielle in you know, sort of central Long Island uh, or the Taebs in Queens or you know, Tim Smith in Orange County, California, or David Gunderman in San Francisco. They're all telling me the same thing. And you know what I'm seeing is that the market is active. Uh -huh. And you know, New York is not a vacuum. You know, mm -hmm. it's not it's not its own planet as much as we'd like to think it is. And so I think what we're likely to see is we're likely to see activity just burst with excitement as soon as the stay-at-home order is officially lifted and things gradually get back to normal over those couple of weeks. There are gonna be some awkward moments, right? When we're standing in a listing, waiting for the buyer to come, and you know we have our N95 and our gloves on, welcoming them to our latest listing, right? It's awkward, all right? But there's gonna be this period of adjustment, and you know this is, I hate to use the cliche term, the, the new normal, but right. this, is what we, that was, this is what we have to do and whether science proves that you know we're in fact not harming anyone by not wearing a mask or we're protecting ourselves and others by wearing one, no one knows. But right. it's really a matter of uh, societal norms and, and what's going to make people comfortable, right? Right. If, if it were up to me, you know, I, I, I would think that we don't necessarily need to wear masks and gloves, but it's really all about making people feel comfortable. And so you know, that's the foundation of what we do is comfort and trust. So the, the more that we're able to do that, the better off we'll be. But I actually think that we're going to see this surge in activity because a lot of people are going to be on the sidelines as far as sellers. They don't want to step into this proverbial falling knife of a market if they don't actually have to do something. But I'm fielding a lot of calls from people who are saying, hey, I'm not sure I want to list, but if you have someone, I'm open to selling. And so that tells me that there's a shadow inventory, but there, there's going to be this artificially low level of available homes for sale for the buyers that are out there. I, I, you know what? I would, I would have to agree with that. Look, my Hoboken and downtown Jersey City are A paper markets. Most people have equity in their homes and they can hold their ground. So unless you, you know, unless you have some reason I, I think that um, that has always helped propped up our market before. And I, I just think I can't imagine, right, that this, the interest rates now are going to remain this low, right? They can't forever stay 
where they are. So people are going to come out. We're seeing it. My, my phone is ringing. I've been on the phone from like eight in the morning until nine o'clock at night. And everybody that I have as far as buyers are waiting for new inventory. So that, you know, I, we're going to have a spring market. I really do believe that, you know, and, and I also believe that we have so much industry around here, so much going on and so many people that don't want to, to go elsewhere and don't want to live in the suburbs and are urban, right? They're urban and they like the buzz and they're going to stay here. And, you know, and, and I think we're going to see some recovery and I'm, I'm super excited that, that we've been having traction on our listings and that, and that people are requesting showings again. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely seeing an uptick in activity. And uh, I actually just fielded an offer on one of our listings, totally sight unseen. And uh, we're doing the same thing with a uh, more affordable rental listing in the East Village that we launched on, on Saturday, believe it or not. We already have competing offers on, on that. It's a two bedroom asking 4,000. So you know th that, that bodes well for our market. And yes, it's true that we're not gonna be in tiny little cafes or the coffee shop sitting elbow to elbow or you know, inches from our friends. Uh, but you know, as we get back into the swing of things, heading closer to the election and the other side of uh, of the holidays, look, New York is going to be back, and it's going to be uh, better than ever. So I have great confidence in the city. It's one of the most resilient in the entire world, and it will continue to be the center of international trade, commerce, and culture. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that. So I you know I I'm super positive and. I'm getting my team up and pumped and ready for the spring market. I think, you know, I think we're going to see, I'm, I'm happy our parks are starting to open up again. And, you know, in Hoboken, we've had them close down a couple streets to make it easier for social distancing and, and walking around so people can get out there and, you know, and I'm starting to uh, to just see people again, even though we're wearing masks. However, however that is, I'm I'm hoping that that's not a a long term thing, just because it makes me a tiny bit claustrophobic personally. But um, you know, all in all, I would say that it really has just been a pause. So you can't look at at that period, you know, of inactivity and and even gauge what it did. It's, you know, when, when nobody stops coming out, right. And people are following orders and they're staying in their house. Um, you know, ev everything has, has been shut down. So, right. You know, right. That's, that's, a, that's not necessarily a reflection of the market. It's right. a reflect, it's a reflection of the, of the uh, circumstances and it's a, it's a societal virtue. Uh, but it's not necessarily saying, oh, that's because no one wants to buy a house. It's, it's yeah. saying you know, that, they, that they have other things going on in their lives. Let me ask you a question. So this is interesting because I, in my career, short of a foreign investor, we've never before sold properties to people that hadn't been in them. And the truth is, is I've put two deals in contract with, uh, with a video, you know, showing the people uh, just because they're not here, right? They're not here. They can't get in there. Um, and that's, that's interesting, right? It's an interesting, like all of these things that we're learning from this time in our house, besides bonding with our families and our children and really getting to know each other, right? 
homeschooling, nothing like uh, like doing homework while you're trying to uh, to work. All of these things that we have learned um, are, are making us advanced. I, I never like we had started those 3D tours. I think that they were popular, you know, like four years ago. But to be honest, they didn't really take off. And they're taking off now. I, I, I personally went out and got myself one of those fancy 3D cameras, you know, so that if I had somebody that just did not want to have a photographer come in and professionally do it, that I could deliver the camera and these guys could take their own virtual 3D tours. So, you know, there, there's so many things that you can do now so that so that you can get your property out there and that, you know, I mean, some of that I think will happen and, and we'll keep it even after you're out there looking at properties. Yeah. You know, there's definitely going to be some innovations that have come in uh, to uh, Vogue during this, uh, you know, period of time that are probably here to stay. And I have no doubt that 3D tours are one of them mm -hmm. because it, it, it makes our sellers more comfortable. It makes our buyers feel like they're using their time more efficiently and it makes our role and our job that much easier. So I have no doubt that uh, that the Matterport tour or that the Ricoh Theta camera, which I believe is the camera that, that you bought, um, are, are things that are here to stay and uh, their value is definitely uh, one that, that everyone involved in the uh, buying and selling process appreciates more than, than ever. So, Joe, yeah. one thing, one one thing that I that I've uh, asked my guests is, um, I was wondering, do you have any hidden talent? Hidden talent, ooh. <laughs> well, uh, Josh, you know, as as when we had that conversation, um, I don't know, maybe it was last week, and you told me that uh, that your wife had made a brisket. And, um, and I was letting you know that I, I actually love to cook. So I love to cook, but I, I typically don't come home till eight o'clock at night. So I have that family that spent uh, $26,000 last year on Uber Eats because kids got to eat. All of a sudden they're getting uh, home cooked meals from mom. And, um, and Josh and I were having a conversation because I told him I was going to get on this show and I was going to teach you guys all how to make bletlock. You got to say it right. Bletlock. Bletlock. Right. So anyway, after I make my brisket, which is, I have to say that I have a fabulous brisket if anyone wants to ping me for my recipe, but the leftover brisket, I, uh, I, you know, I, I saute it and then I make bletlock, which is like a crepe and I roll it up and we really only have it like once or twice a year because it's somewhat labor intensive, but we've had it three times in, in eight weeks. And, um, and so I think that my cooking skills are, uh, are, are getting better, right? I haven't had years since I've cooked like this and, um, hasn't helped weight gain, but we're, we're working on that, right? Listen, one thing is for sure, Jill, and that is that no one is counting calories during the pandemic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I guess, uh, I guess I, uh, I have been trying to get um, my my clothing off my Peloton and um, and getting back in there with exercise, uh, just so that I could fight that COVID fifteen. Um, it's on my list. <laughs> 
Well, Jill, you know, it's been uh, fun as always chatting with you. Thanks for sitting down with us today on the Ruben special. We've had Jill Biggs of Coldwell Banker, Hoboken, Jersey City. Thanks so much, Jill. Bye, Josh. Bye, everyone. Have a great day.